Hey DC Godcast listeners, welcome to this summer special episode. Instead of tackling a specific question, we're going to be taking a deeper dive into certain topics. These topics are complicated and challenging, so we hope you listen to them with an open heart. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the DC Godcast. Let's start with prayer. In the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. For the is not a temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. All right, so today we are joined by Mr. Puckett, our school security guard, and Mrs. Gahagan, our assistant principal. Can you guys just introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're doing this episode? Yes, this is Mrs. Gahagan. Today's episode I know is focused on the topic of mass shootings, and I think especially in light of everything that happened in Uvalde, uh, these are issues that are relevant and important for those of us working in school environments, and that's what generated my excitement to be here today. Morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Rob Puckett. My title here at school is the Director of Campus uh, Security. Uh, prior to being employed by the Divine Child High School, I retired from the Wayne Police Department as a lieutenant. 25 years of experience, various assignments at the police department, uh, road patrol. I taught the D.A.R.E. program in the schools. I was a school resource officer as a lieutenant in charge of the Detective Bureau before retiring. So I'm very blessed uh, to work here at Divine Child and excited for today's topic. All right, thank you. Uh, so our first question is, how common are mass shootings in the United States? I'll start with that. The simple, uh, quick answer, it's, it's too common. But school shootings still remain very rare. School shootings are happening in the, in the U.S. at an alarming rate, unfortunately. But what's strangely enough is, in reality, um, they don't happen that often in the world besides the United States. 80 to 90% of all the school shootings in the world happen here in the United States. And just some recent statistics is, you know, we had 26 school shootings in the U.S. in 2022, and 118 since 2018. And I think uh, it's safe to say that we can all agree that uh, one school shooting is entirely too many. I hate to say this, and I hope that I'm wrong, and I'd love to be wrong on this, but School shootings are going to happen. They're going to happen again. Um, it's a pattern, and again, I guarantee it'll happen. Um, but we need to start by making some major changes. And this isn't to try to terrify students or, or parents. It's just the facts. And I think just to add to what Mr. Puckett shared, I think the question for us is, you know, how significant is their occurrence? How often are they? But then what do we do with that information? Anything that threatens children, even small amounts of children, or adults for that matter, are things that we have to look at um, ethically from the lens of public policy or the policies of our own environments and what kind of things we need to do to keep folks safe. From the mental health perspective, as a mental health practitioner, I also think it's important to try to work through what Mr. Puckett also mentioned which is, what do we do with that? What does that mean for me walking into school every day? 
Well, well, for me, and what I hope is the reality for our students too, it's like anything else in the world that threatens our safety. We're supposed to be mindful of it. We're supposed to be responsible to our role in, in protecting each other and preserving our own safety, but we're also not supposed to be overwhelmed and burdened by it. And I, I really think, relative to the nature of us talking about this on the Godcast, I think that's something that our faith really allows us, right? God does not intend for us to walk through the world in, in fear. But he also acknowledges that we're on a human journey in a broken world, and we have a responsibility to live and respond ethically in that brokenness, but not in ways that harm us, right? So we shouldn't be coming to school every day terrified and afraid. We shouldn't be living lives um, you know, that, that are measured in a way that presents us from having the fullness of life as, as it's been given to us. But these topics are hard because they, they produce a lot of fear. Do you guys have any insights on why do you think schools are often targeted? I think it's part of it is definitely that, you know, kids are an easy target. They're not, not very strong. They can't really defend themselves against a much stronger target. But there, are there any other reasons that schools are often the target of these types of terrible shootings? You know, in my opinion, I think uh, schools are soft targets. And what I mean by soft targets um, is that most schools are open to the public, doors aren't locked, and there's no resistance to intruders. So we all know that all school shootings, the shooter has a connection to the school that they target. And in 1999, Columbine High School was the worst mass shooting in school history. It was 13 students that were killed and murdered that day. Unfortunately, in 2022, that ranks as the fourth highest. So in 2012, we had Sandy Hook Elementary. There was 26 children and staff that were killed. 2018, Stoneman, Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, there were 17 killed 2022 most recently is rob elementary in texas where there's 19 children and two teachers but most recently closer to home november 30th of 2021 oxford high school where there was four students that were killed and seven injured and recently there was a university study and they they ranked the i guess the reasons why shooters target schools and the top five were Number one, it was to get back at those that hurt them. Number two, they were bullied, picked on, made fun of. Uh, third reason, they didn't value life. Number four, they were victims of physical abuse at home. And the fifth reason was mental problems. I also think you could find, and the research won't really support it, but I, I, I would wonder, you know, those that really do a deep theological dive into the study of evil and the manifestation of evil in societies, you know, certainly these kind of distortions that happen in people that Mr. Puckett's talking about, the presence of mental illness, maybe victims of abuse or whatever, schools certainly are the places where the population that becomes the target for them is gathered in mass right there aren't a lot of places where children are gathered in mass except for maybe festivals and things like that um, but i also think the fact that we all react with such horror is part of the you know is part of the allure of the evil that's motivating the behavior in the first place 
and I think that the data is not really going to show that, but, but I'm sure that that's all part of it. I think our society needs healing in general, um, and certainly people who struggle in their homes, and it, and it may not be because of an absent parent. There's a lot of reasons and ways that we all struggle in our own homes, and that does impact how healthy we are and how able we are to fully participate as the way God intends us to out in the world. Um, but I think there's just a lot of healing that needs to happen in general um, on, on family units and, and the community scale, certainly on the school scale, to try to help people navigate whatever cards they've been dealt. I mean, I certainly wouldn't want anybody who's in an environment who's missing a parent or who's walked a road of abuse to feel like they're, they're destined for, um, you know, for everything that ills our world or that they're responsible for any of those things, I think they have as many opportunities as, as the rest of us do to, to right our collective ship. Um, but certainly, yeah, that's all of these things are a piece of this big puzzle, you know, that again, is part of this broken world that we got to figure out. So certainly for, for any one of this, and I think our community feels this strongly that we're all, let's start in our houses and figure out how to shore up our house, whoever that includes, whatever that means. Let's, let's do the same, then turn that lens a little broader and, and do it in our school community. Then turns, turn the lens a little bit broader and keep looking at our parish community, then our neighborhood community, and, and, and you just keep, keep broadening the lens um, to get to progress, I suppose. Right, kind of going off of that, of kind of starting at the family and expanding out to other communities, what does Divine Child personally do to kind of make the, the area safe for its students? In my opinion, DC is a leader in this category. Um, I think that the school is very proactive in their approach here. You know, we have two retired officers that work daily here at the school. And if there is a, a tragic situation where there is an intruder in the school building, you know, we are prepared to handle the situation. I think the other thing that we have is we have an outstanding relationship with the Dearborn PD. The school resource officer, Corporal Lido, is here at the school weekly and sometimes daily just walking inside the halls. And I think that that used to be an issue where I think some kids were really nervous and they would see him and they would think, oh, what's going on here? There's nothing going on. He's just trying to make sure people feel safe and, and they know that he's here for them. You know, we do drills with the students, with intruders inside and outside the school building. Uh, we've had the Dearborn PD come in and talk and train the staff on shooter incidents. You know, we have policies, procedures, and place to keep all the students safe in school when they go to church, sporting events, any other extracurricular activity. And the school, the, the most important thing I think that some people don't realize is you know, our school, all the buildings are locked down entirely all day long. You can get out, but you can't get in. The only way to get in is you have to be buzzed in by the, by the office. I think an important piece of supporting the policies that, that Mr. Puckett suggested too is in, in a community like ours, I think safety is kind of the default feeling that people have when they're in the space. And the hardest part is to really do this work well you, you have to, there's a level of you that has to be on guard all the time, which means you don't even open the, the door for 
your best buddy or the parent that you hang out with all the time, if, if we're going to really adhere to these things in the best way, we've got to follow the rules all the time, even when it's inconvenient, even when it feels like, oh my gosh, this is so silly. I can just manage this right here, right now. Mm -hmm. I think, unfortunately, it can be those little moments that make the difference. And we have to consistently discipline ourselves just to support the procedures as we identify them to make sure that we're, we're keeping the community safe. So our next question would be, as Catholics, what should our response be to these horrific events? I, I think the key to stopping these tragedies is, uh, is for us as school society to be alert to these warning signs and to act on them immediately. You, you know what they, statistics say that four out of five school shootings, at least one person had knowledge of the attacker's plan, but they failed to report it. And I think here at DC, our counseling team is phenomenal. I truly believe that if there was a student that um, was struggling with anything, that they would address that and they would be able to identify that well before. Um, anything like this happened. I think they have a, a you know, great feeling, a great relationship with, with all the students that walk the halls. Mm -hmm. That's why I think it's, it's so important for all of us, uh, school staff, um, to work together, you know, be vigilant, report suspicious activity, keep an eye out on students who may be acting a little differently or struggling with issues, um, and just be there to support them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a big... You know, obviously there's an ethical response to situations like this. There's, there's compassion for the people that have suffered through these tragedies. And then the next layer then is an evaluation of like, what does this mean for me as a human? How does this impact the decisions I make out in the world, the way that I use my influence to direct how our society moves through situations like this? And then what does it mean practically for me on a day-to-day -day basis? And then to, to Mr. Puckett's points, maybe that means I modify my behavior with other people. Am I part of something or structures that isolate other people or, or set people up you know, to be more at risk, not just in terms of school safety, but in their lives in general? Mm -hmm. um, and then continuing that just brings in all these other layers. You know, When I see something, do I say something? Um, I was mentioning to Mr. Puckett earlier that I think we've we've had a lot more awareness this last year of things that could be threats to safety, and and students bringing those things forward has created some really great opportunities for learning. You know the rules of behavior. Students transition from middle school to high school. Things that people might have historically joked about. Well, we can't joke about things like that anymore. We take everything seriously. So even just understanding the rules of behavior and making sure people can, can support and follow those, making sure we're identifying support for people who need it for very minor concerns and issues, I think all of that early response and intervention, I'm hopeful, puts us in a position where, one, we know our community and its needs very well and very personally, and two, we're consistently responding to those needs um, and helping to resolve them. I, I want to add this. I think if I just want to make this very clear that if anybody has any information on anything in the future, um, hear anything, to please report it. You can be anonymous. You can go to your counselors. You could go to any staff member. Come talk to me. But please, if there's any information that they may know, please report it. And I think, Mrs. Kagan, you 
uh, pointed out something really good earlier in the episode, how we need to be alert, but not necessarily scared, like always uh, anxious about what's going to happen. I think that's a really good point that we do need some level of awareness that these things exist in our society. It's obviously terrible and they shouldn't exist, but the, the sad reality is that they do. And I think it's important to, to really, like Mr. Puckett said, say something to a staff member if you see something that's happening because we need to be aware enough to know the signs of when something terrible could happen and to point it out right away but not necessarily always be scared that something's going to happen and um, like scared of the people you're around. And I, I also think it's, it's important for us all to just keep in mind that we only know the information that's right in front of us and what we've seen. You know, sometimes the way that an expert might perceive an individual's behavior, an expert psychologist, uh, compared to you know a student walking the halls who sees a kid at his locker and that gives them a certain feeling, um, is going to be different. And those things are important too because that contributes to the culture of a community, right? Um, we used to often say like, well, we had it from the Columbine days. We had a profile of the mass shooter, a visual profile. This is what a mass shooter dressed like and looked like. Um, and, and that's not always the case. And I think some of that categorization hurt a lot of people mm -hmm. and isolated a lot of people. Um, and so it's always walking that line. You know, how do I be aware? How do I work through a concern? But also see and elevate people's humanity all the time. Uh, because rest assured, if concerns are brought forward and they're explored by the people and move through the chain of command that allows for that more expert evaluation, concerns will get identified. But in the meantime, my job is just to love everybody and embrace their humanity. So it's always a matter of walking that line. Um, did you guys have any closing remarks on this topic? I just, I'm, as Mr. Puckett mentioned earlier, I'm relieved to be in a community that has the support of individuals like him and Mr. Wangrowski to have the partnership that we have with Dearborn Police that I know work really hard to keep our schools safe and to have some good systems in place for evaluating all of our concerns and, and making sure that, you know, that, that we're continuing to do the right things for our students. But even before that, continuing to build this culture that delivers that radical hospitality, that, that sense of unconditional love that's part of our mission statement and, and that is what, what God's calling us to. I think things like that in communities kind of help us combat this brokenness that lies at the heart of, of all of this tragedy. I think in closing for me is, you know, I, I guess I do have a vested interest in keeping everybody safe here at Divine Child. You know, I have a daughter that's going to be a junior and many friends that have children not only here at the high school, but the elementary school. So I can't fail them and I can't fail other parents that I don't know. So I treat every kid here as they're like my, my kids too. So um, just rest assured that I will do everything I can do, stay vigilant to, to protect all the students and staff here at the high school and elementary school. All right, well, thank you both so much for being here. Uh, we hope to have you back soon for any other episodes. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for listening to our DC Godcast summer special episodes. We hope to catch you in a future episode, but for now, enjoy your summer.